Well, don't I feel really fucking stupid right about now? <sighs> well, it is what it is, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, we were going to do this, uh, you know, uh, unproduced scripts episode, a Plastic Man script by the Wachowskis. And, you know, Ryan sends me this script called Carnivore. I'm like, well, that's an interesting name for uh, a Plastic Some, Man script. But I'm like, I, you know, it's I'm, a filler name. Yeah, that's and what's, what's, what's like, I'm like, you know, I don't know a ton about Plastic Man. I know him being, you know, in a Justice League episode coming into like a Batman Brave and the Bold, you know, but beyond that, I'm not super familiar, so uh, maybe, maybe this is kind of what it is. And so I'm just kind of reading the script here, and I'm like, okay, like maybe it's just one of those ones that has a weird opening and so on like that, and it's just like, that's just gonna how it's going to be, you know, okay, maybe there's this date thing, I'm like, that doesn't seem like the character, but maybe they changed some of the names around, I don't know, maybe he had two different, you know, maybe he's not always called Eel or whatever. <laughs> and it's just maybe his name's John in this one. And I just keep going through it and it's like I'm like, what the hell is this script? Like it's like this guy on a weird date night and he really likes meat and cooking and so on like that and he hangs out with like his granny and whatnot and granny likes cooking and then there's this vegan lady or whatnot who he like force feeds meat and says, It's good. You like me, don't you? And I was like, What the I'm like, this is clearly not <laughs> not plastic man whatsoever and this lady who's she's like ah you know she's like she's so obsessed with herself that she's like always out getting like nose jobs and you know like liposuction all this stuff i'm like this is a so weird some real, like some real fucking art tour shit when i because when i okay so yes I, I I for a long time I've known that the Wachowskis wrote a Plastic Man script and I heard it wasn't that good. But it's like you know what I don't know. We haven't done a produce unproduced script in a while, so I'm kind of curious. Yeah, let me look this thing up. And the thing I I don't know what it is I, I I sent you because I pulled up this database thing of like unproduced scripts and there's a Wachowski section and I just sent you like oh well, Plastic Man yeah yeah I'll send it to Spencer and then I start reading it. I must have sent you the wrong one because when I now I'm hearing what it was because when I first for, two things crossed my mind first thing was fuck I spent I sent Spencer the wrong script second was oh they wrote Carnivore the the the, the Roger Corman esque like dinosaur movie they did that or you know, that's, that's Carnosaurus Carnosaurus yeah so that that just what's popped in my head so I was just like. <laughs> I didn't know that, but okay, I'll have to check that out now. Now I'm hearing just like some weird kind of like David Lynch, like or like Chuck Palahniuk type shit. You know? Well, yeah, because that's what it was. I think I, I think it was eventually turning into some kind of like horror murder thing. I didn't get all the way through it because by the time we figured this out, I was like sixty something or seventy pages into it. So, so I was about to get towards like the final act, but I was like. Eh. It must have like it really feels like this had to be one of their first scripts though because if if they wrote this later in life I'd be really surprised it has that feeling like uh, college kids wrote it like that's that's a hundred percent what this script felt like. The um, Plastic Man script. We won't talk about the scripts in general today just because I we were. <laughs> I'll talk about mine. You you share yours. I'll share mine. No, um, um, I uh, the one I read wasn't really that good. If I have to uh -huh. be honest, but it was, um, there, there's some interesting moments. It's kind of like almost, it's what I'd expect a plastic. For, I, I know very little about plastic man too. I just know he's kind of like Reed Richards, but he's more funny and he's bendable mm -hmm. and he used to be an ex and he used to be an ex, um, and, uh, ex thief. That, that's what I know about him. But that said, 
I mean, I, I don't know what you do for a movie. I'm sure you could figure something out now. We live, you know, Ant, yeah. Ant- Man's popular. I think you'd figure out a Plastic Man movie probably. So that said, though, rereading it, it's like this is kind of what I think they would probably do something like this in the '90s. Apparently, it's not that accurate. They even changed some of the names around for no real reason. But yeah. um, there were some good parts. But I mean, we'll go, maybe maybe one day we'll cover it. But I'm like, shit, there's two hours of my life. I'm not getting back for no reason. <laughs> so, cause we have to reread it again. If we want to do an episode on it, I'm like, I don't know if oh, I want to yeah. do that, but we'll see. That's the other thing about reading a, a full script though, is that, yeah, it, it is one of those ones. Like it takes like the same length as watching it as if it was a movie, you know what I mean? It's not like you think a script is like a faster read because of just the way it's structured. But um, it, it really is like this. Like you read it and you're like, oh, that was a 120 page script. That would have been a two hour movie. It took me about two hours to read it. <laughs> I, I guess the best way I could think to describe it is it's kind of like it was trying to go a little bit of Batman 1989 because it was around that time. It was like early 90s that this thing would have come out. Mm-hmm. Um, it also was uh it kind of when did the mask come out was that 92 or 93 something like that i want to say that's 93 or 94 i just i literally just watched that like four or five months ago because i kind of i was like you know what i haven't seen the mask in like literally since it probably came out in the 90s i'm like I wanna i'm not sure if, i'm not sure if they took any inspiration for the mask if this if they saw the mask by then or something but um it feels kind of like a little bit of batman 1989 with kind of like a not is funny, not a not so funny version of the mask because all the characters really aren't funny. They're not really saying funny, quirky things. But he stops and does some of the slapsticky, bendy plastic shit. You know, you know. But yeah. this the situation itself is serious. You know, so it's kind of like it was a very odd script. But um, there was one part. The thing is, because. I, I'll, we won't talk all night on it, but I just want to say, because I'm not sure if I'm going to read it again, so I don't know where else I want to share this. <laughs> Damn it, I have information I need to share about this Plastic Man script. The people gotta know. Well, the whole thing is, I want to say in the comics, his name is like Patrick O'Brien, and in this they make him like Daniel O'Brien for whatever reason. And he's known for being like, he's a crook who went through like, he, he's a thief. And then he later got plastic powers and decided to use those plastic powers because he knew how thieves and crooks thought. So he was like, I'm going to use these powers to stop it. Because I want to say he like, I don't know, it wasn't chemical shit. I think it was like some kind of like he he was out somewhere in like some mystic area. He fell down, a shaman saved him. He says, now you're bendy and shit. Like, oh, cool. I, I think that's what, how it happened in the comics, something like that. And then I, I um, love how he's a thief and it's like, he's like, okay, I'm a thief and this is what I do. And he's like, he gets power. He's like, you know, now that I have these powers, it would make my thief abilities much easier. I'm going to change. I'm going to change my life around. He had kind of like a come to Jesus moment. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I could, I could, I, I died and I could be, uh, it was something kind of like, it was written in the forties or whatever, the fifties, you know? So it was just that very like, oh, I must do. Like, I must do what FDR says, you know, something kind of like that probably of the moment. So um he um and this it's instead of being a ex-thief he's like an extreme environmentalist but he's like one of those just angry fucking hippies just he's super pissed off all the time like he's really like ready to start like a fight with someone for like like being lit for littering and the script he has him as litter bug (laughs) she's like hey hey what are you doing throwing this fucking styrofoam cup man do you realize the destruction he just uh, sucks in the stomach and like walks off and then there's a little like cap off at the end where he bumps into that guy and he's like there's that motherfucker he grabs him and slams him into like a like a trash can with like the 
cup in his mouth or something. But also, we just shoved him into like a recycler. Like, there you go, where you belong. Recycled to be a better person next time. (laughs) Save the planet, or I'll fucking kill you, Plastic Man. (laughs) No, he's not all friendly like Jeff Goldblum's like kind of environmentalist character from like Independence Day. I don't remember who they're making fun of, but I just think of that like there's that robot chicken Captain Planet sketch, and I don't know who I don't remember who it was they're making fun of, but he says like Captain Planet would save the world, and he's just running around just fucking brutally killing people. <laughs> he's like Captain Planet, he just like like slides in, like kicks someone in the face, like just slams their face against a bunch of glass, and they just like looks at the camera, save the planet or you'll fucking die, you know, just something <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> like so he's he's like one step away from that but anyway there's this part where he has like he's like has a has a flashback to the 70s when he's a lot more proactive because he just got out of jail for like i don't know trying to rescue sea otters or some shit i don't know he he was like he was like test test the animals there's a part where he's like it says like he like they're they're obviously a little younger him and his girlfriend and um he looks like a hippie extra crunchy you know so (laughs) so he's walking down he's just like what's all these look we're like rats in a maze man we're like rats in a maze these keep got us going like this even food anymore look at this spam like i I don't want to talk about this right now daniel i really don't want to talk about this look look at this food spam what's what's in spam man we can't trust that we can't trust that there's a little kid trying to reach for like a box of tricks and he says like the kid he's, he goes over and like takes you don't want that kid you want these weedies like i want the tricks no you don't tricks are there like full of chemicals to kill you you're the future man you gotta stand up to the, to the corporate pigs like he just starts making the kid cry like he is just like, seriously like one of the most unsufferable fucking pricks for a good portion of this thing but the thing is i imagine it like it was shot like um like space like edgar wright when he did that like uh you know just like the quick cuts (gasps) and for some reason i I couldn't help but imagine it being like lou reed dressed as a hippie at woodstock i don't know why that's how i imagined lou reed in the 70s just to clarify yeah i just is going around just like it's just yeah it's like well it was like he's got the glasses reuse (laughs) yeah plastic man's here to make you refuse pretty much (laughs) <laughs> well, well, really, I feel like with all the oddball characters, you know, probably I always think the best way that they should really go about them is they should really just make movies that are just Batman, the Brave and the Bold, and do it that style where it's like, who, who is it this movie? It's Batman and one other character, and they're going off to, you know, fight some crime. And then it's like, it's a, that's like an easy sell because you have Batman, so you're, everybody, you already got people in the door, and then you can, put, you can combine them with a random-ass character, and then people can learn about this random-ass other character, you know? It's like, I always thought that concept right there is such a great way of like being able to get everybody in and educate them at the same time. They're kind of doing that with um, the new Superman coming out. Have you heard the uh, character roster that's going to be in that? Is this for the All-Star Superman one? I mean, it's not called All-Star Superman, but for the James Gunn Superman movie, he um, he said that he showed the, the, the actors and who they're playing so far. They don't, they don't got Plastic Man in there. They don't have Plastic Man. They have Metamorpho. Oh, that's kind of cool. They have um, Hawk Girl. Mm-hmm. They have um, what's his name? Um, plays voices Green Lantern a lot in the animated stuff. But he's he's playing he's playing Guy Gardner. Uh, Nathan Fillion is playing Guy Gardner. Oh, that's cool. Um, then they have um, 
I don't know who. Oh, the guy who played Darwin in X-Men First Class, he's playing Mr. Terrific. Uh-huh. And then someone else I don't know of is playing a character from The Authority, which I think is the engineer, like some lady who has a bunch of like T-1000 metal all over her. And um, then the guy who played Beast is like Young Beast. Young Beast is playing um, uh, Lex Luthor. Interesting. That's, a, that's kind of a cool little lineup there. At least it's got multiple characters. That to me is always that's what I always want in a superhero thing is I want multiple characters in there. I don't I, really like I, this like two or three one. I think what they're doing with that is it's something because he says it's it's um he said that script is about like when truth justice and truth justice in the American way old timey fashion values in a modern cynical world and how do you stand out among the crowd? So I think it's kind of like here is a bunch of superheroes that feel like they got to make the hard choice and do better safe than sorry kind of situation. But then here's Superman being Superman. So I think it's something kind of like, I'm, that's what I'm assuming, but we'll, we'll find out, you know, cause if you have that many characters there. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to play around with something to get that kind of rolling and see how that all kind of turns out. That'd be interesting, but uh, yeah, plastic man. Well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll just, that's where that script lies. And uh, was a plastic, uh, plastic man kind of like uh, Captain Marvel, where he, he was like one of those like DC just like outbought like a couple. Like we need some more characters, you know? Hey, you over there making comic books? We're gonna buy, buy you out and take your characters. They'll become DC ones. We'll figure out how that fits in. They're yeah, when they're becoming the, they're like the Disney basically for a minute. Yeah, of yeah, comic books. Out buying everybody, like you know. He might have been. I I don't know. Let me. He's been. I know that he's been plastic. He, he's been part of DC for longer than he hasn't. If that is the case. Well, because I want to say that, like, that's like the '40s and '50s when they started just out buying everybody else. It could be. It could really be any number of things by then. Um, he could have been. Um, he's part of Police Comics. We have this dude in a fucking red unitard walking down with like the little. Like, this is not what you think. Yeah, I think he was actually part of like Fawcett because I see the questions on there. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think for Quality Comics, he was part of Quality Comics and later than in 1966 got bought by DC. It's like Quality Comics. Yeah, the quality doesn't always last. <laughs> it is what it is, you know. <laughs> you know, we, we tried to stick to the name. We thought that if we named it Quality, it would stick around and... We'd be here till the end of times, but no, no. In, in a sense, we we sold out to DC. Yes, DC. I just like to imagine, like, if you're looking at this cover of the first issue, Plastic Man appeared on the cover of Police Comics, where just like some dad, like back in 1941, some dad got home from the war, the shit he's seen. He's like, man, I, I don't know. I, 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 he's just trying to process everything that his son comes in through the door. Like, look, father, I got so I'm going to read the superhero books. And he just has like, it's too much for his, like his World War II, his World War World II World mind. War I mind World, even probably. 1941? Yeah. Yeah, because like, well, he, if he, if he, he wouldn't have yeah. got drafted. You're right. He wouldn't have got drafted probably. Yeah, he, You're right. He's probably yeah. a little bit older. He, he's probably, he's probably the lost generation of that time period. He's like, I was too young for World War One, too old for World War Two. <laughs> Probably you're right. That's a good point. And he brings home this pic, this comic of like this dude with like, with like, no like no sh like just no like pants. no pants, kind of like the little like 
fishnet thing going down the center. <laughs> and then like, look that, look that. He bends and he twists. Like, ah, they're infecting him. <laughs> I can just only imagine, like at the time, like it's on the police. That no, but no respecting police. Half a man of the law would wear this shit. <laughs> it's Starts like they're saying the... that the police force is flimsy and bendable and moldable. <laughs> no, the police force is tough and solid and stern like America. And a big girthy dinge of the fist. <laughs> <laughs> had, to get, had to keep it down. It almost got out. I got I to yeah, push that down. Can push that out. That's that, that, that roaring 20s of me coming through. <laughs> Oh, I miss the opium dens. <laughs> Too bad we scared all the Chinese off. <laughs> In sight. We should have let a few of them stay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. So yeah. So th there's our there's our wonderful scripts that we uh, checked out by the Wachowskis and movies they didn't produce. Which you know, the, the always the interesting thing about Wachowski movies is that you know the Matrix is pure amazing, and it's like everything else that they sort of have. You know, there, there's some decent ones in there too. There's some other good ones. I'm not saying there isn't, but like it's like they never have hit that like same pinnacle. Which I, I don't know how you can hit the Matrix twice. Let's be honest. But you know, well, once you make a movie that like revolutionary, it's kind of hard. Like everything else is always going to probably seem like it's you know one or two steps behind, even if it is really good. Yeah, especially when because they were making things before that, but that's the first thing that actually got some real recognition. Well, the only one they so... had before that was there was Bound. Which yeah, was the like the, the lesbian one, which made a lot more sense in the long run. <laughs> like when, when I first saw it, it was like, oh, this seems kind of weird. And then his life went on like and they, they, they changed from men to women. I'm like, oh, OK, the lesbian movie makes way more sense now. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, then also, plus even like there's an earlier draft of The Matrix where um, they, they, they really wanted this. But I guess it was, too, it was too hard to explain to like Joel Silver or whoever. It's like, <laughs> the fuck are you talking about like what do you what do you mean misgendered what the fuck is that you know <laughs> where apparently the character um switch in the matrix they're they were going to be one gender and then in the other they're going to be one sex and then the the matrix they're going to be another sex like i don't remember which was which but and like well the matrix this is who i really am and then they're just like we don't get it like oh fuck it whatever okay Switch isn't even the main character. We'll just move on to the main thing. Okay. You know, there, so <laughs> it was even it, it, very early on in that aspect. So, um, well, well that, that, that's really like the 100% like video game kind of like the logic thing where generally probably like wh whoever you see online is probably like the opposite of maybe what their character is or, or there's a high percentage. <laughs> well, um, well, like on the, um, what was I going to say? Um, well, it's also something like, I like I the Matrix is one of my favorite movies, like probably somewhere in my top ten favorite movies, and I like the sequels. But even looking back at the Matrix, it is some kind of like a the the dialogue isn't anything stellar, but it it's such a visually interesting movie, and it mm -hmm. keeps on moving and it keeps on moving fast. The, like the the back and forth is nothing like amazing. It, it it's just it's suitable. It works. It gets you to point A to point B, and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people feel like matrix two and three kind of trip up because we start having like a dude like 
dressed like you know like colonel sanders and like the ozymandias room going like vis-a-vis all uh you know like for like 10 minutes so i think that in like then like it's all anime speech which at the time i don't think people were ready for anime <laughs> speech and then you have like you have agent smith walking out like we choose we choose to be this we choose to be that we choose like who choose you did you choose like would you have like sam would you have green eggs in hand you know they're all like circling around him you know in the park you know so i think a lot of people are like what the fuck is going on you know where then, you, like, then there's like an agent smith in the background who's like i I choose you, Pikachu. Like, shut the fuck up, Ash Boy. <laughs> Just the one Agent Smith with a with an Ash Ketchum hat. <laughs> oh, that one's. Don't worry about him. He's a special ed version of Agent Smith. <laughs> so there's a glitch in every system, right? What can I say? It was supposed to be a cat. It just turned out to be Ash Ketchum. Yeah. No. Um. So, you know, but so I think that Matrix has all these things going in its favor. So you overlook like the clunky or not the clunky, but just the very bare bones dialogue. So when you read other scripts by them, you're just like, oh, oh, oh I guess, what you know, because even the fourth Matrix, one thing was really good that the fourth Matrix, the action, because it didn't have Yoon Woo Ping doing their fight choreography and without him you saw how much the action dropped not to say they weren't they're not talented directors but you know yeah yeah because that, that kind of is the thing is the more i think about matrix 4 it's kind of like one of those ones where it's like uh, it's just not up to par to the trilogy i hate to say you wish it was kind of like that but it's just yeah it's just something a little bit off it's not bad it's just not all there you know I didn't hate it, but I also wasn't really wowed by it. You know, I was happy. You know, oh, Neo and Trinity are alive somehow. That's nice. Yeah. But like, it was also a little bit of like, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's okay. okay whatever. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Those... And that's kind of how a lot of Wachowski stuff is. It's just like, it's weird. It's like beyond the Matrix. It's like, because, um, you know, beforehand, there's also that other script that I remember when I found this DVD, I was like, oh, this sounds like this is going to be one of the most amazing movies ever. And there was that movie called Assassins that was written by the Wachowskis, directed by Richard Donner, and starring Stallone and Antonio Banderas. It felt like, how is this not going to be amazing? You know what I mean? Like, that felt like that was too, that, that, too much big stuff all in one. And then I think I've only really seen it once. Maybe I, maybe I should give it another go. But I remember kind of going, ah, it was okay. It wasn't bad, but... Ah. I was expecting, like, you know, if, if you fuse the Matrix with, like, Lethal Weapon and combine it with, like, Demolition Man and, De and uh, Desperado, like, and th that was all that stuff together, which I probably raised the bar way too high in my mind. But, you know, how could you not when you look at the back of that case? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get you. I mean, like, that is kind of like, <laughs> sometimes you just hear those mashups. Like, it's, you, you think, like, Bowie, Mick Jagger, and then you see, like, Dancing in the Streets. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, too much awesomeness for one room. Too many cooks in the kitchen, maybe. Yeah, that that one's almost so awesome that it goes beyond into another spectrum of life. That you know, not everybody can even appreciate how amazing that song is and how amazing that music video. Is. The video is—I know I've said this before, but the video is even more amazing. Like the the version with like no music 
and like so you just they have you could hear all like you know just their footsteps and all that so just to see like Mick Jagger at the beginning hop in and just like with no music backup behind him just you hear you still hear all like the like the, the yeah like like feet rubbing against the floor and all that and the way he sings he sounds like he's super out of breath and then, like and then, like I want to say like right after that that's where, like David Bowie's like oh Lorraine and he's just like swaying in the trench coat and then when he jumps down like in that ver that video they just be like ah! he does this kind of like bird of prey like screech as he just lands down <laughs> anybody if you've never seen that look it up um, dancing in the street no music <laughs> no, it'll, no, it'll make your day good it'll make your day good It'll make your week and year great. Yeah. Well, there's even that part, like I said, I'll look over it after a second, but there's the small things they add because then they, you have the distant shot of them when they're just, because they're in the middle of nowhere. They're like an abandoned, like, ha like stripped house and they're just outside real quick. In the distance, in the far distance, you hear some gunshots and like someone's screaming and they're just like, oh, no, no. I just barely hear them as they're skipping along, like in the dark. <laughs> Oh, there's, uh, there's so much good stuff there. <laughs> but yeah, so by now we probably would have been talking about like, oh, dude, this part of the script is really fucking crazy. But we'll we'll do another another un yeah, we'll, uh, unproduced script at some point. But today, yeah, we'll, we'll find, yeah we'll that was on me. That's OK. As I said, I, I just as I, I looked at it. I didn't question because it, it just it took me instantaneously to the PDF. So there was not like it went to a page and I would have saw anything else. I was like, here it is. I have I, I need to go no further. The PDFs here, the scripts and format. This must be it. Why would it not be? I actually there's some there's actually not one we cover, but something I just found out that's out there that would be interesting. Apparently, Chris Columbus was trying to do a version of Fantastic Four early on, and apparently it was a very ambitious version. Like it's meant oh. to be more so than like like it was meant to be more of kind of like an alternate Earth. Like history went different and kind of almost Fallout ish. Like everything is still 1960s kind of aesthetic and um but still it's kind of still brings in the whole how they got their powers and all that but something that would have been like probably one of the most expensive movies ever made for the time yeah it was definitely adding in some uh cash there to all the scenes and whatnot but oh, that'd be an interesting one to check out just to see where chris columbus was what year do you think that probably was about i want to say it was like 94 95 so they were still trying to like cash in on another batman but yeah. um, but also bring in more of kind of like some sci-fi-ness to it. And I thought the, the interesting way is they brought in how they got like, because I do want to say they go up to space and they get their powers that way. Like some, some of what happened in this script got transferred over to the eventual movie that did come out. But um, when like apparently something happens in the script is Dr. Doom lands in, um, in um, Latveria. Yeah. And by this point, he has his power. So to kind of get to the point of how he can rule a country, this is still his introduction. He's not like royalty or whatever. He lands in this country and he's kind of like, you know, taken in. But since he has his powers, he kills a bunch of people and he kind of works his way up to like the um, the uh, um, it's probably done like in a scene or two. I didn't go into detail. Mm -hmm. Basically manages to get in there, like kill the president or the, or the or the prime minister or whatever. And just says, I'm fucking running this now. And then he decides he's going to lead a full-scale invasion on America. Yeah, huh? Interesting. Yeah, as I said, uh, that would have been kind of cool. I mean, the interesting thing is they are 
going forth with the new Fantastic Four five, I guess you would say by this point, the fifth incarnation of Fantastic Four. You know, we'll see how that all kind of runs. And that one's going to be set in the sixties too. Oh, that's cool. Did you see the uh, Did you see the uh, the uh, little like teaser they put out for it? No, I didn't see that pop up at all. So the way they presented it was through Valentine's Day. They presented the Valentine's Day card of the cast drawn and everyone who's playing who's playing who and uh, it was like happy valentine's day from marvel and it was like had like a, it just had like this very 60s aesthetic they had um pedro pascal is mr fantastic uh-huh yeah so, uh, that's kind of cool what's her name uh kim the girl from napoleon the lady from napoleon forgot her name uh vanessa kirby is that her name okay yeah, and um, she was also in Hobbs and Shaw. Um, the guy who played, I don't even watch the show, but he played Eddie in season four of Stranger Things. He's playing Human Torch, and he was pretty good in that. And then um, I don't think you saw the show either, but there's a really good show, uh, Chef, and he's kind of like the loudmouth asshole. Is that related to the movie Chef? Not chef, the bear, the bear. I'm thinking it's a, it's about cooking. <laughs> it's about cooking in a restaurant, but it's, it's the bear. Um, he, the guy, there's a character named Cousin who's kind of the loudmouth asshole that works there, but he kind of has more going on. He's playing Ben Grimm. So okay. um, I, I yeah. saw the picture of all four of the actors, and I was like, "Oh, those ones all look good, though." Like, like I could tell, even if I didn't know who the actors were, I'm like, "That looks like that could be a Fantastic Four set." It wasn't like anyone was getting kind of ballsy and trying to you know, get a little bit cute with their design and having someone who looks pretty much absolutely nothing like what the character should be. They all look like, I'm like, I, I can get behind these guys. I think I can get behind, like, that type of casting depending on how many times we've seen the character or the character setting, like, what we're going to do with that character. Like, you, you know what I mean? I think there's depend, depends on it, but in, but sometimes I feel like they do it just to fucking do it, just to stir up, just to stir up a conversation yeah. and get more attention on it, you know? And I feel like I know that Fantastic Four has four movies already, so it's not like it's like a it's a new new thing to have Fantastic Four. But I feel like it'd be nice just to get Fantastic Four just a hundred percent solid, and then be like, okay, here we go, let's just run with this now, you know. Well, you can hear me on this podcast a few years back saying I never gave a shit about the Fantastic Four, and I'll be honest, I've never really went di- deep dived in, in the Fantastic Four. But over the years, I've kind of I, I didn't realize the impact and importance they they had and not just Marvel history, but just in like superheroes. Cause they basically brought superheroes heroes back. Cause when their comic first came out, it started off as like, like, okay, some Johnny quest type shit, but a little bit of like body horror. And they happen to have like some powers, but then it slowly progressed into being a superhero thing. And not even slowly, just like a couple issues in became a, a new superhero comic. It kind of helped rejuvenate that. So, um, and I didn't even know that at the time. So I was like, okay, okay. Um, yeah, why is this one been the one that's been so hard to, to, to get right? You know, in that uh, that first, like, run of Fantastic Four, or I don't know about the run, the first, like, handful of issues, I read those once just because I wanted to check out some Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, like, that old school kind of ones. And uh, those books, are, they hold up really solid. Like, I mean, every, everything's, you know, it, it's all there. Like, it's one of those ones you see it, like, this is, this is the start, and it's like, oh, it's 100% all good fantastic four amazing jack kirby artwork you know that issue's thick as all can be it's like the first issue is like they, it's like a 40 page issue or something like that they're like we want to make sure that you know you're getting your big bang for your buck out of this one here kids yeah so there's a fucking old stan the man is coming in here to give you some tales of fire you know and horror 
and what it's like to save the day with your family. I just like how Stan Lee gets all kind of like guy at the end of the bar. Like, well, that's old Stan. And once he, he stops doing the old true believer shit, once he gets a couple of like, uh, once he gets a couple of like paps in him, like paps? Yeah, paps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, come on, Stan, the man's going to do whatever he can. To... Oh, no, here he goes with his rhyming scheme. <laughs> Just let him. Just let him do this. Just let him do this. You know, it's trust me. It's more effort if you if you if you try to cut him off. <laughs> but um, you know, you know what? Speaking of another Fantastic Four thing, something I've always wanted to try is there's that Fantastic Four video game that came out when this technically the second version of Fantastic Four movie came out. You know, so the the one that people consider the first one, but the post of the movie tie-in. Yeah, there's that tie-in one. It came out on GameCube slash PS2 and Xbox. And it always looked kind of interesting because it was sort of done similar in the style of uh, X-Men Legends slash Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And I always kind of wondered if it held up equivalent to those games, just with a Fantastic Four thing. You know what? I mean, I'm just trying to think. A lot of movie tie-ins at that time are real kind of roll the dice, at least for how much you're paying for them. Because they're always like full price games, but for like, you know, like three hour campaigns or whatever you know and they were always yeah. didn't have a whole lot of replayability but at the exact same time like there were the couple that stood out and that one i don't think that one i, I think it, i remember things for that one being like it had a couple good things in it but it was almost like where was all this shit in the movie because in the movie it was just like this kind of episode of seinfeld they're all hanging out in a fucking apartment the whole time like we gotta live together and figure out how these powers work gang you know and then yeah. like this they're fighting like the I, I forget the beetle or whatever they're fighting a bunch of different characters from the comics and that well that's what i mean is it like I, i've looked at it before throughout the years and it's like it looks kind of cool and it looks pretty decent and if it's in that X-Men Legends style, which, if you don't know what that style is, it's pretty much like a Diablo game, um, I think that would be actually pretty neat, you know? I, I, it's one of those ones that's always been on my back burner of, like, one of these days I'm going to give that one the old college try and see if it is good. Because sometimes you pull some of those games out and you go, holy crap, this game is super amazing, like, you know? And sometimes you kind of get that feeling where you're like, man, I wish I would have played this when it did come out. And then sometimes if it is a really good game, you're like, you know what? It's almost kind of special that I missed out on it till now because it's almost like I get like a nostalgic slice but also a brand new feeling all at the same time. Yeah, the, the latter right there is always kind of a good feeling. I, I, it, I guess those are the games that are just kind of like it, – it's you, you won't be likely seeing that one pop up on Game Pass or something like that, you know, or the online store. Those are the ones that is – as much as at the time, like how oh, this game kind of was a little bit of a letdown. Those are also the games that are probably the more harder ones to come across now. Yeah, definitely. Well, those are the ones that, yeah, like once it hits like that roadblock, it's like, well, that's it. The license is up. We're never going to print that game again. Though, granted, we have come around a little bit where there's a lot more of these like licensed games. Not saying, not saying everything, but you are seeing licensed games that you never would have thought had a comeback come back like you know just in the last while we had not only we had goldeneye we had that jurassic park collection with the the ocean games and the sega genesis ones which is kind of mind-blowing that that's even allowed you know there's been things like the ninja turtles collection you know um just certain sets where they do bring back some licensed things and so it seems like it is kind of possible not the easiest thing but not out of the question anymore either ninja turtles something like that i kind of get it just because 
so much of its audience is like new audience people it's always constantly in the zeitgeist but at the same time a lot of older audiences do have that nostalgia and they're at that age our age and older where they want to go back and play this game or that game so i, I can understand those ones something like a fantastic four game that came out for the ps2 that is linked to a movie that's generally hated <laughs> just like... yeah that's not coming that's when you got to either buy it or just get the emulator I mean, probably you could buy it for i bet just one of those games you probably go on ebay and buy at least the ps2 copy for probably give or take like 10 to 20 bucks i bet you i bet you that's where it sits you know um who knows it could be a little bit more but i'm thinking that might be about what it is but, uh, but the, I mean, the thing is, is before it wasn't, it's not necessarily that people want to play them. It's the fact that I think people just used to be a lot more greedy about money. And I think that's kind of gone a little bit like as time has gone on, people like, whatever, they, they can get along. We'll just split the pot. That, that's okay. Because before that was always the thing is the licensee, we would do, well, if we want more money for this, you know, if we got this much money in 1993, damn it, we want like five times that now. You know, it's like, dude, we're just doing a resale of an old game. <laughs> I just like to imagine it's like, Okay. Well, here's the only one thing that can happen. The, the uh, CEOs, of these companies, they have to fight for it. You know what I mean? Or they at least, or they, or they go into like a ring match. And they, they have to like send like it's like Pokemon training. They send the their interns in to fight. <laughs> like, Philip, you scratch attack. <laughs> Philip just pops up like on all fours, <laughs> runs at him, starts attacking him. Like okay, they've gone primal in this point. <laughs> <laughs> comes back like Philip, he's down get off him get off him he's like ripping at the throat <laughs> <laughs> he didn't listen but at the same time he's a fucking killer get him promoted <laughs> he's got your office now should we pay him yet no 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 he's an intern damn it i don't want to see him get paid yet i like him but i don't want him to be paid He's like, fill up, fill up. He just runs over on all fours and just throws like a raw meat on like on the ground <laughs> just <it's> like <laughs> Once you pay them, you lose control. <laughs> they become self-sufficient. They start thinking for themselves. He's getting paid an experience and exposure. <laughs> that will keep him locked to me. He'll have nowhere else to go. <laughs> Isn't that right, Philip? <laughs> you know, just, like, you know, just kind of looking around the room. <laughs> yeah, one of those ones there. Ugh. But um, but yeah, that fantastic. There's something else I felt like I wanted to say about it was around that Fantastic Four thing. Not exactly there, but like the the lead-in of some of those old games. But I don't remember what the hell it was now. I want to say when it comes to those old like unless you unless you just came back to you. you the yeah, no, it, it didn't come back to me. I want to say like one. I mean, it probably if I went back and played it, it'd probably be pretty rough. But I think at the time it was pretty good for what it was was the um well actually spider-man 2 was actually that was good spider-man 2 was good and now it is it, that at the time you were basically just doing the same five things but it was really fun just to swing around the city because you weren't used to it but now yeah. it's like what else you got come on it's spider-man we know it's spider-man it, it, was, it was so it was so much fun by the time when ultimate spider-man came out i was so amped for ultimate spider-man and then like when it was just another like really short campaign I'm like oh i mean because i was really also into the comics at the time and um yeah so i was just like oh this 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 is like retelling the venom arc and then filling in some of the blanks for later or whatever you know and then later they would actually go and retell it 
through the comics like oh okay you guys you motherfuckers i thought i was getting kind of like the lost story of venom but then later they just retell it in the comics like two years later or something um but i was like oh okay okay yeah it's it's not bad but you know it was kind of fun fucking shit up as venom well you know what? and it's, this is the funny thing is those kind of games that, that are kind of short like at the time when you paid 50 bucks for the game and you only got like the hell was that I think some asshole of fireworks. Oh god, that, that's that's, like, that's that's what I love on a fucking Monday night. That that's like fucking L.A. Like from the second they sell fireworks for Fourth of July, like in May or whatever, people just launch them off all night long. Like fucking retards, just like it's like, dude, what what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like I, I want to find whoever's house that fucking is launching fireworks off and launch a firework fucking in their house and watch it burn down with them inside. Like that's fucking annoying. <laughs> The ones I hate is, okay, so if it's like a little like bottle rocket flies up and pops or whatever, okay. The ones I hate where I'm like, I'm sorry that you, you got like, cause, um, are the people who just like, they're hardly fireworks. They're just basically explosives and they just, they don't even make a big, like, like boom. It's just basically just makes a loud noise. That's all it is. It's where just it's annoying. Just like, yeah. They, it's just a loud and just like, cause I've seen it like hardly any fire hardly anything just a little like oh bro oh like i'm like are you guys like fucking children do you need like uh, i'm just like at least if it had like some flare or something i get it but this is just a loud ass thing you're setting off at tuesday at 10 45 at night come the fuck on yeah exactly it's one of those ones there but it's just oh that's so annoying are you starting with the get off my lawn yeah, kids not even here yet and i'm already starting off with that like i don't want you hanging out with that cooper boy i don't like yeah. the way yeah i don't trust him i don't trust the way he looks at me you know what i mean look at that lazy eye look at that lazy eye what direction is he looking which one am i supposed to look at <laughs> What's he's the, the kind of kid line? he's gonna try and set he's gonna take a shit in the middle of our kitchen i know it yeah you know and he's gonna blame it on the dog <laughs> But uh, going back to uh, before like that is like, okay, you know, like when you get those short games from back in the day that granted, if you paid 50 bucks for it, you felt like you got kind of like, you know, botched. But I feel nowadays I love when you go back and play those games. You're like, oh, a nice five hour long game. Perfect. That, that's that's the great time. You can beat that in one night. You don't need it. It's not like one of those ones where you're like, hey, this is going to take up the next month. <laughs> it's like one of those ones like I, I appreciate that like more in hindsight, the short campaigns like that. Depending on the game, something like Gun, even though it's, it's not a tie-in game, but something like Gun, I can appreciate because because the story about that I mean, was that, that at least was still intri- decently long. That was like twelve or fourteen hours. I mean, for the was time. it twelve or fourteen hours? Okay, I thought it was like I mean, seven or something. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't. It's not like you know, Red Dead makes it seem short in comparison, but yeah you know but uh well, but yeah as like, opposed I, I, to like yeah as a go ahead as opposed of like red dead redemption or something like that where it's just a lot more straightforward and it, i like red dead redemption more but it was also like there's stuff to do between here and there it was kind of not a huge open world but kind of an open world to a certain extent just go around dick around here dick around there if you wanted to and the story itself was good it was kind of like over the top and got a grindhouse western you know yeah well i really appreciate gun i like that's the one that like I was actually more blown away by that game than Red Dead, and I only said it because I think a lot of people were blown away by Red Dead because they didn't play Gun, but Gun kind of paved all like the ways so Red Dead could kind of be what it was, and um, there's just was so much neat stuff in that one that I just never saw in a game beforehand. So I think that experience was so awesome, you know, and just like how it was a lot more brutal too in that game than Red Dead even, 
you know, um, like the violence was turned up and everything. Because like, it was had that, that grindhouse a little bit more over the top, kind of almost kind of even like anime western. <laughs> when you had when you had the guy like the, what was the bad guy? He was a railroad tycoon who was uh, also an ex Confederate in the fight. He had like a Confederate eye patch just to get it across. <laughs> I want to say his train had like a skull on it, and then he was also walking around like in Spaniard gold like armor. So he had to find and he was throwing dynamite away. Like, this was like definitely the anime villain of like a western so i was just like okay okay i mean it's fucking ridiculous because it, it would do that thing where it would like for a minute you'd be there in the real in the real world for a minute but all of a sudden it'll be something like that like okay whatever we're already here it's fun though it's a good time yeah we'll take it you know hey it's made by the tony hawk guys so you know what i, I mean come on if anyone if anyone knows westerns it's the guy it's the guys who made tony hawk pro skater so yeah there's that um oh another funny thing is i got that there was that tomb raider set that came out and it was funny because i didn't really put two and two together but it came out on valentine's day so it's like hey we know if you all don't got anything to do on this day laura's here for you <laughs> you can go on adventure together unlike the real life you have feeling lonely need to stare at some pointy polygonal tits well we got the thing for you from a girl who would now be about probably 55 years old <laughs> if you've kind of age up her from 95 but be grateful. <laughs> yeah, one of those ones. And um, it's funny because, like, I, like, I love those old Tomb Raider games, like, by far. They're, they're, I think they're amazing. I can always go back and play them. They're those kind of games that when I play them, I go, I don't know if I could really recommend this to too many people, especially anybody newer, because they're, they're almost so old school that it's like it would be tough for, like, if you, if you weren't either, you know, encased in the retro gamingness or even – you know, I mean, even someone who like is our age but hasn't played old games in a while, because sometimes that happens too, where like it's been a long time since someone's touched an older console, so they almost like will play an old game and they they can't get behind it anymore. Like they're like, you know, they get kind of like lost in that style. Um, but yeah, I think about it. But like at the same time, though, it's like when I play these Tomb Raider games, it's like there's the quality of them is so much more than like you'd have in any like modern game. It's kind of weird how it's like it's funny that like because. Laura Croft is pretty much her and Super Mario 64 are like the two like this is what a 3D game is like th those two games when they kind of came out that kind of defined like this is this is the future you had Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis now you have this <laughs> well I think it's also something to the effect of um how I put it like even if it's aged in some aspects that don't hold up as well you knew at the time this is probably the best they could do and at the exact same time, I feel like we could have major league AAA titles and it does not feel like this is the best. It feels like put it out, we'll throw out a patch later, throw it out, we'll sell the later half of the game in DLC. So I'm not saying that's every game, but it's noticeable in a lot of big games. So it's kind of one of those things where you felt like you were getting the big experience. I can't think of like, what was the last big event game that came out maybe we're just being a little like probably maybe two i would say like red dead 2 i feel like that was the last big i mean people i mean okay, I, I I take wrong, people starfield <laughs> okay because starfield well, had a lot of advertising behind it okay starfield but then i, but I don't know i think starfield kind of came and went quickly like i feel like it came out and then it was just like, oh, it's not as good as Fallout. Oh, it's not as good as Oblivion or whatever. And then it just kind of like, like 
I, I don't know. I've heard people make a big thing of it. I remember people were talking about Halo 2. Maybe this is just me being kind of an old man, just focusing on just the shit I know. But I remember when Halo 2 came out, people were fucking talking about Halo 2 for months. And granted, we're not hanging out on like in, in a school where right. it's coming up in every conversation. But at the exact same time, like I don't even think like Breath of the Wild to uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Like, yeah, sure, you saw shit all over Instagram for it, and everyone was playing it, but it wasn't like this. Like, I don't think it was what the first one was really. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, people were having fun with it, and they were playing it a lot, but it wasn't like this. The world stopped for it. Like something else will be out next week. You know? Yeah. No, that's definitely true. I will say, like that experience, and maybe it's just the way that games kind of are nowadays. But I think because. Everybody kind of gets them digitally and so on. You don't, you know what I mean? You don't have that thing of like standing in line waiting for the game at midnight, you know? And even though that was kind of a, you know, nowadays it's like, would you be like, I don't want to stay up that late to go there. But like, there was something kind of fun when you did do it. Like, I remember me and Cisco standing in line for Smash Brothers 3 Brawl, we, the Wii one. Um, and we're in San Francisco, so I felt like you got like a real experience waiting there at midnight. You know, the line's gone about six blocks up, you know, the road. Everybody's there. It's almost kind of like a party. I was out there drinking a Jolt Cola because I wanted to get all amped up so I could play some, you know, Smash Brothers when I got home. <laughs> yeah, that makes it sound like I was pre-ordering it in like 1987, but this is when Jolt Cola was having its comeback. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like, and I'm not trying to be one of those. Those guys, like, we got to send their church pussies or nothing. But, like, I'm just thinking about, like, oh, like, like shit my dad would say. Like, oh, I remember when we were going to see, like, Black Sabbath and, like, James Gang. And we had, like, a couple beers. We were hanging out there. And we were we were out there late night. It was – we had a four-hour drive to get back home. But it was worth it. We all had to be at work the next day. But we totally did it. And we're talking, like, oh, yeah, we had a jolt cola while waiting for, like, Smash Brothers Brawl. And we were on. We did have those. We stood outside. Like, oh. And it was San Francisco. So it was, you know, it was, it was windy and cold at night. There's one homeless guy looked, but walked by. He was kind of intimidating, but he just kept on walking, you know. No, um, but like, the, don't get me wrong. We do have some of those stories. We 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 do have the like, oh yeah, that one crazy road trip. I'm just thinking about like, just like, I, I, I remember my, my you, you you were at least in San Francisco at the time. I was living in Sonora still, so I was in like. I was just at the GameStop down the road, and it was just kind of like, oh, it's that guy from school. Oh, it's that guy from school. Hey, what's going on? Smash Bros. Yeah, same here. Okay, cool. Well, let's just wait this fucking thing out, I guess, and get the game and get the fuck home. Okay, that was cool. How's Pit play? Okay, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> that's how it was. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those kind of moments. As I said, that, that's what made that one kind of a neat one because it felt like that was sort of like an event, you know, Um even some of the other, a lot of times it's funny because I remember I would go to some of those midnight premieres, but I would pick up the most random ass game compared to everybody else that was getting stuff. You know, like, um, I remember, I think this was, it was like a Modesto or something, but it was like, there was three games that kind of came out. Now, two of them were the ones that everybody was kind of going for. It was Left 4 Dead, I think, two. It was Assassin's Creed 2. And then I, I was also there to pick up Resident Evil, like uh, the Umbrella Cro or the Dark Side Chronicle. <laughs> it's like, I like the, the, uh, the light thing. gun game. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's always kind of funny when there's like that. But um, but I think that's kind of the thing. It's like there's so many things. It's like the same with like movies and so on that like because there's not like the actual sometimes the hangout events or the waiting in lines. And granted, it's kind of nice sometimes that you don't have to wait in line. You just kind of get it. There, there's something to be definitely said there for it. But it makes things seem smaller, you know. And even like game-wise, I think they kind of lose their luster. That's why I probably would say the only thing that was kind of seemed in a similar category is like the – the older days kind of launches was was Red Dead 2 because Red Dead 2 
people talked about that for a long time. Like that felt like that went for months. You would keep hearing about it. People, probably because also the game takes like seventy five hours, so it wasn't like you finished it right away. Um, I remember in L.A. they had one building had probably like. 20 story banner of Red Dead 2 like down there it was just like holy shit that thing's huge you know so like you, you did get a bit of that um, is that over by like the Laugh Factory kind of around that area I can't remember exactly it was like one of those ones where you're just kind of driving all of a sudden like oh shit look at that Red Dead like banner you know I mean it's always so hard to tell because in LA everything looks kind of like everything looks identical and kind of like the same, and then you'll see something like that, and that that's the thing I remember. I don't remember anything else. I'm like this really cool billboard was there, and then everything else just looks like, you know, kind of a ghetto. And then here we go. I think it's kind of like I think the part I'm thinking of is like Sunset Strip, maybe is what I was driving down, and I want to say one. There's a building over there. They always have like a massive billboard over a building for like a, whatever movie's coming out there's one for downton abbey too you know so it's kind of like it could be any number of things so like downton abbey 2 red dead whatever marvel has coming out you know yeah whoever's willing to, that was like at last time i remember i was in hollywood they had the big old like uh the one piece had a ginormous billboard or whatever but um so th- th- there is that kind of stuff that's that's actually you know, my I mean, I know that by now it's not a big deal that One Piece is known and big, but that's that would have been like made like teenage us happy, even if we didn't watch One Piece at the time. Just being like, finally, it has the respect it deserves. Well, you never watched it. I know, but it's anime. At least they're taking it seriously now. <laughs> yeah, representation, yeah. And that's sort of how, I, I mean, I still sort of got that feeling a little bit just seeing it like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, you know, five plus years ago, you wouldn't have saw this. Like, that that's it's kind of how uh, futuristic it feels. If they would have done this, you know, even in the 90s, it would have been mind-blowing. But, um, God, you know, you mentioned the Halo 2 launch. That was the one, though, that felt like that was, I mean, that was a, that was a whole holiday day. You know, and going back to one of our older podcasts, I think all G4 was like 24-7 Halo that day. It was, and every episode, they... They had like they went to Rooster Teeth to do like bumpers between shows to do like a red versus blue sketches for Halo Two Day, and then every show had to have be Halo oriented or Halo involved or Halo referenced some way or the other. So at the time you're thinking like, oh wow, they must really they get it. Halo's a big deal. And you're like, no. Microsoft paid a lot of fucking money. I mean, it was a big deal, but Microsoft, at the end of the day, Microsoft, because there's no way a whole network said, you know what, guys, every show on our network is going to stop and just appreciate Halo for the day. It's like, no, Bill Gates just walked in a room, threw a wad of cash down, so you know what to fucking do, and then got off into his, like, you know, like helicopter made of gold and took off. <laughs> he got on, like, the Silver Surfer surfboard that the Silver Surfer gave him personally. <laughs> He's like, you'll put better use to this. Epstein's Island. (laughs) Did he? He went straight to Epstein's Island. I don't know if he did. He he served there. Silver Surfer's like, ooh, shit. Well, I guess he did. Could you at least take my name off the board? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Okay, fuck. He's just like, he's just looking around like, can I get a ride? Fuck, I didn't think this through. (laughs) Yeah. But, um... (laughs) But yeah, it's just like yeah, that's the thing. It's like you, you know that all big campaigns and so on like that, they don't they're not natural in a sense. They're all paid for. <laughs> that's where like that forty time, million dollars in advertising goes. 
but at the time it felt so like finally it's respected like no it's got a lot of money but at the same time that in time yeah it, it's it's yeah. it's it's further along than it is before yeah like i, I never would have thought endgame is a movie i ever would have seen like 10 years previously i got what i thought when i with the possibility of the of these characters being on screen together it was going to be something small like maybe five of them and it would be like you know it'd be a big movie but like it would be not be nothing bigger than avengers you know the first avengers that's about as big yeah. as it would ever be so i'm like oh be grateful and now it's just like oh shit oh shit they got like nearly all of them now and that i just i don't know it makes sense though but i guess that's the other problem if you make too much of this it's like well what can we combine next i guess i fear for the day where <laughs> every movie studio comes together and they have the ultimate like Avengers slash ready player one of like Mickey mouse and like bugs bunny, like not giving each other a nod and like fighting off like monsters, like back to back, like, Oh my God, Oh my God, it's fucking happening. And then like, you know, like Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario or like teaming up with doom guy and captain America to fight off. Like, I don't know, some like the demon thing from Lord of the Rings. Like what? You know, just like after a while it's become fucking nothing. If we just, I, I feel like that's where you know, it's you know going to go. Be. That's just going to be Fortnite, because that seems like what the Fortnite is. They just <laughs> slap in all kinds of random characters. I feel like they, they, they do that trying to get like us older gamers in there, but like, hey, hey, check it out. Laura Croft's there. Huh? Solid Snake. We got the original 87 Ninja Turtles. Huh? Huh? You, you want to come play? Goku's there? Kids? You got to yeah. play with Goku? Yeah. You, you want to come play with a bunch of eight-year-olds? You, you know, it'll be fun. You, don't, don't say anything to them. Don't say that, that That's a lawsuit. But it'll be fun. You know, real talk, I never played Fortnite. I don't plan on playing Fortnite. If Fortnite's still around and my future child wants to play it, yeah, sure, I'll try it out. But that's only, that's probably the only way. But, like, I'm like, uh, I'm sure if I played it, it's fun. But I, I really don't give a shit. It's really just, that's one of those things where it's just totally the aesthetic. And I just, I, I just, I dislike how, I mean, I don't, it doesn't, not everything needs to be like, I mean, my favorite one of my favorite things is Sonic the Hedgehog. It doesn't need to be dark, gritty, and inoffensive, but at the same time, it looks too soft. It looks too like clean cut. Yeah. It looks like there's no and yeah, Mario and Sonic are no soft, hard edges. It looks <laughs> yeah, it looks like they're too afraid. It looks like there's like no real like it's gonna sound like really pretentious, but like no artistic merit. Like, okay, what won't get us canceled? What is gonna catch the kids' attention, you know? Yeah. Well, it's weird because when that game first came out, which is weird to think like 12 14 years ago like it was a zombie game wasn't it it was kind of like that well i just remember i got i was like because it was like oh i'll download this it's, it's the next gears of war that was what was going through my head i was like this is what they've this is what they're doing next it's Fortnite. okay let's see what let's see what it's all about and uh, i remember i was like it was kind of like oh it's online only eh, okay and then i tried a couple rounds here and there just to see just to kind of and i was like eh, it's kind of it's it's literally just like i i mean i know that it created a lot of things that obviously changed a lot of the the battle royale kind of shooter kind of thing but like to me i was just like eh, whatever you parachute in you try to kill people you build some shit for no reason and whoever's left standing wins oh okay it, it's like well, it's, I, I always look at those games like that's probably fun for like two nights but i know i wouldn't be able that, that'd be about as far as i would get i don't get i don't get how some of these kids have been playing it for like i mean maybe it's, i guess to them that's their pokemon that's that's the thing that's yeah. you know that's the same thing where like somebody else like i don't get how somebody's been playing fucking pokemon since like 1998 and still playing it's the same fucking game over and over again it's like yeah but you know i, I like that <laughs> 
I guess the thing is, because I have to go out and buy the new one, it's a new map, new setting, new world, and I guess this thing puts out yeah. new maps and whatever, but, and, you know, it's like, I guess I'm also kind of like a born-again Pokemon fan. I didn't play it for a long time, then I came back to it, so I'm like, I'm catching up, but after catching up, I'm like, oh, oh, you guys don't have this feature added yet? Okay, whatever, you know, but, um, like, you know, and, and Scarlet was, was, was all right, it wasn't, like, great, it was scarlet and violet were just kind of whatever in all honesty but um hopefully the next one's better but um that said um was it where was i going with this where was it going with this right um so i guess the thing is you don't own it you don't own it it's just this thing you have to and it's just like it's just battle royale matches constantly because i guess the thing about sometimes like i don't know some franchises it's kind of like it's kind of like comfort food it's kind of like, you know, I know how this tastes every so often. You want to have boxed macaroni and cheese. You know, it's not as good as other things, but it it's comfort food. That's something what kind of like Pokemon is. You know the beats. You know where it's going to go. There's enough little twists here and there, though, that can make it fun, especially if you're retroactively going back and checking it out. So, okay, I remember this feeling. It's fun, you know. But then I guess something like Fortnite, it is just kind of like, battle royale match battle royale match and if that's all you want that's all you want but i guess i kind of want more of like a single player campaign for myself well my main thing this is what i can sum this up to pretty much every multimedia aspect is that i really only care for stuff if it has a story it sounds weird but like that's like if if video games don't really have a story and it's just like loot play and it's not really going anywhere it could be fun for a moment but it's not really a game it's the same thing with like i think that's why i don't really care for sports except for like wrestling because wrestling has a story that goes in it it makes you feel like there's more going on there's more stuff there where like you know regularly i always say like football had like if you know they had cameras backstage maybe and so like that like i think i'd be more interested in what's going on here you know but since it's like you know it doesn't have that it has that same feeling that like Fortnite or a call of duty multiplayer kind of feels and that's where it's like call of duty i like the campaigns i love the campaigns i really i don't think there's a single one i never enjoyed i could care less about the multiplayer but i like the campaigns i like the story part what's um what's the kansas city's uh travis kelsey yeah i'm just imagining the story for that just like going back and just like taylor swift's back there like travis you're not gonna fuck this up you know just like like the, the backstage wrestling things the coach walks in hey travis like tra- like taylor's like you shut the fuck up you get back get back out there the grown-ups are talking <laughs> just walks up to him like you will not fuck this up <laughs> I have to say that uh, that 49ers loss, that that pretty much defines my entire life of seeing 49ers, you know, because it really felt like, okay, Joe Montana, everything was going golden when we were like, you know, we young lads. And then after that point, the 49ers have that this that defines the 49ers. They get they get ahead. They get darn close, darn close. And then they sort of just fail you at the last second. It's like, oh, sorry. We thought we were going to win, but we didn't. I'm like, that just seems like like how I've looked at that the, my whole life. That's always how it's sort of been. Like, we almost got there, but uh, oh, something happened there at the very end. And, oh, shucks, I guess we'll try again next year, fellas. <laughs> well, it was like, um, it was like, because I, I wanted to watch that, but I had to work the next day because the time uh, difference, I couldn't oh, yeah. make it. So I was like. At one point, I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I just pulled up my phone and just checked out the the score, and the Niners were ahead. And it was like, oh, oh, 
I guess, because in my head, I'm like, well, if this goes good, maybe tomorrow I'll look at the highlights. I mean, I, I don't really see the point of watching the whole game if you like, if you if if it already if it already happened, you know, maybe check out the highlights, you know. So I'm like, okay, okay, well, maybe tomorrow I'll check that out. Then I woke up the next morning and double checked it again. I was like, ooh, only by three fucking points, really? Well, shit, <laughs> is what it is. I mean, it's kind of like. Who's got it better than us? Uh, Kansas City, looks like. But um, <laughs> it's it the same. Yeah, go ahead. It just feels like that, that's happened. I feel like that's happened so many times. Last three times since, they were on. Yeah, but I mean, like literally since like post Joe Montana era, that feels like that's been the common. That's the common story. <laughs> Was Joe Montana the last time they made it to the Super Bowl and won? I believe so. I don't think they've won ever, that ever since then. Because you probably remember the same thing, too. It's like, this is ironic. We grew up in Northern California, but in the 90s, people would make fun of you if you liked the 49ers. It's, it the was 40 whiners. Yeah, that, that, it, it was that kind of stuff. And I always felt like, well, I don't know. You know, of course, let's be honest. They, they were Raiders fans. And there's there, there, there a lot of Raiders fans. And they could create animosity. And as I get older, I kind of went like, why can't you just like both the Raiders and the 49ers? They're both in California. You get two choices of teams to go to. Like, why the hell are you guys fighting over like your own like people? <laughs> as time went on, as time went on, I became like, I, I liked the Raiders more, but I think it was, there was a little bit of just the animosity at that time. But like, cause the, the number of Raiders fans had a reputation for being like fucking crazy assholes. But I just honestly think that depends on, the fan really depending on where you go like you know fate reader fans are fucking crazy assholes yeah if you go to that one bar off of 108 where a bunch of, where a bunch of fucking bikers do like meth in the bathroom those raider fans probably are fucking assholes and i got 40 but, beers on tap yeah exactly. <laughs> let's roll those dice yeah and they, they, they serve catfish on weekends yeah <laughs> So, but like, it's one of those things. So like, so I remember there's a, like in high school, there's a thing of like, all oh, Raider fans are assholes. But then, you know, time went on like, oh, you know, it's any yeah. number of fans. I know some 49er fans who are assholes, you know, and that's, I'm not trying to do some rainbow shit. Like the more, you know, I'm just saying that that was just like, as time went on, I didn't really find myself hating this team or that team. And I don't keep up with football enough to know that if I had a team, um, if I had a team, it'd be the 49ers. And if I had a second team, it would probably be the Raiders. But now, if I could go back in time, the, the ones that were assholes would be like, some somebody says like, oh, the Niners only won that game because um, the, the, they got the, 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 the towing costs in their f favor. I'm like, I'm sorry, fucking 50%? What would happen to the other way? You know, so <laughs> you hear some of the dumb, like, just the dumbest, like, you know, I'm, 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 by, I'm by no means a football, like, expert, but... um. I just remember some of the excuses a couple of Raider fans always come up with over any number of things. So, but now I, if I can go back and say like, well, they don't love you. They don't love you. Want to know why they went to Las Vegas? <laughs> they don't need you. <laughs> they just left. It's gone. Yeah. I'm surprised more people didn't just like annex California because of the Raiders. <laughs> There's been a surplus in movement towards the like Las Vegas area because <laughs> Raiders fans follow diligently. <laughs> well, I felt bad for Oakland because Oakland A's, you know, they always it's get the of... shit. The Oakland A's always get shit. And then like the fucking the Raiders, you know, the greater fans in Oakland are super fucking dedicated. And then like, you know, 
this is another thing like the golden state warriors like the thing talking about the thing no one tunes this show for which is sports talk which we're <laughs> yeah, both very we're both very fucking limited on but like when, <laughs> I, I love how i explained the beginning i don't really care for sports too much because they don't have stories and it was like we're like oh let me tell you about this stuff now <laughs> but, but like i mean I, i'll watch like a good game and if yeah, like i can one appreciate of my, a game and if i'm at a bar and like one of my teams is playing i'll watch it you know but like i remember like I would never see. I would never see, golden, go like golden like the Warriors clothing in San Francisco for the longest time. I would not see it anywhere. For a long time, I assumed they were fucking. I know they're supposed to be San Francisco. I thought they were fucking Raiders, you know, because I would never yeah. see them in fucking San Francisco. And the second they start doing good, and the second they start having that big comeback, everybody's wearing like yellow and blue. I'm yeah. like. I mean, okay, okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pretend like uh, support, support, cool. But like, I, so I'm just like, okay, they have more fans. They're good again. Good for them. But then it's just like the second they start doing good and the second they start making some money, like, fuck Oakland and bounce right out. Like the people that stuck with them for the longest time, like, oh, come on, dude. Come on. I mean, I, yeah. apparently, I, I don't know. Like, well, the city wasn't doing a whole lot for them. What the fuck can the city do for them? It's broke as fuck. And that's all they have. That to me feels like the second that the Raiders leave again, uh, it's like that one. It's like that—that that is Oakland. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's probably their biggest cash cow is the fact that people come to the Raiders games, spend money on the game, spend money on the town. You know, getting something to eat, maybe staying the night at the hotels or something like that. That that probably was like the biggest like tourist attraction for there. You know, I mean, you, the Warrior Stadium is right next to the, um, you know, Oakland or the whatever the Raiders one. You know, and of course, now I guess it's just the A's play there. And then they have soccer there, too, which, you know, everybody shows. If you're into that, yeah. <laughs> I'm in a country where they are. If, but... if, if, yeah. In America, you know, you're probably burning a flag if you're going to a soccer game. <laughs> 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 you know, you know, you're two steps away from being a commie. <laughs> We're starting. We don't we don't rise for the national anthem here. In a, in a soccer game. We just light the American flag on fire. <laughs> So you have that, you know, but it it, it is weird. It's, it's weird to not have that because it's just like that, that 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 is like the the main thing is you have all those teams right there, and uh, yeah, what the hell they, what the hell are they gonna do with that state? What what else did they do there? You know, it's like a lot of concerts. Know. Yeah, I guess. From the jewels and Rage Against the Machine were playing right before we moved. I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, that would have been awesome. God, yeah. still want to see a Rage Against the Machine concert, but uh, saw one fourth of them. Yeah, we did. We, we saw. Well, let's be honest. We, we we saw we saw the Golden Child, <laughs> old Tommy Morello. Um, that's, that's the only thing. That was like, God, I, th this kind of does bum me out for concerts though, and going to see him is, it, dude. Nowadays, like some of these concerts are just getting to that point where it's just like, dude, like. So like some bands, it's like they're getting like what I used to call like Rolling Stones prices in the back of the day. It's like, oh, what's what's a Rolling Stones price? That's like one hundred fifty dollars to three hundred dollars to go see them. Well, hell, nowadays, well, the Rolling Stones is like at that six hundred dollar plus price. And now there's like bands that are kind of like you would have considered like C bands and so on like that. And now they're charging like that one hundred fifty dollars to two hundred dollars. And you're like, and it's not even for like great seats. That's like for like the, you know, OK, we're going to go sit up in like the high rise, you know, and watch watch them from a distance. So it looks like a couple of ants fucking banging on bongos how much you guys play pay to go see cavo like oh we went, to, went to like oh well we, went to, we paid like 300 like oh you guys must have been like right up close no we were we were like in like you know like midsection like, fucking cavo yeah cavo 
Yeah. Get in the champagne, the champagne, get in the cocaine. That's my jam. I know. Glad somebody's. Okay. And that's why, uh, yeah, that's where you're at today. Okay. I knew a guy so that weird. loved that band for some fucking reason. I don't know why. I didn't mean to derail it. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, wasn't that the guy who, like, he had to play that music whenever he cleaned up at the restaurant? It was on a playlist, but he loved that song. And he, he was like, get in the champagne, the champagne, get in the cocaine, the cocaine. And he's just like, you, you're like, the song is so fucking stupid. And then, like, Amber, he said, like, well, clearly you've never been in a strip club, like, fucked up on multiple substances. So this song's about, like, and then, like, somebody I was working with, like, well, I have, and I still think the song sucks dick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I always love that when someone chimes in exactly. But um, but yeah, it's like God, you you want to go to like a concert size nowadays? Like, well, God, I don't, I don't want crap seats for like you know that high price just to see stuff. It, like, it, it's really like derailing. It's like what happened to those good times? And like, I feel like that's why it's like we need. Damn it, we need another recession. Then like when when it's like recession times, like you can meet the band for free because you know they're just grateful for you to be there to buy like a T-shirt from them. <laughs> Like I miss those points. Yeah, they might be, they might not know if they have enough money to get to the next place, but it, but at least the experience is much better for the fans. Not only is it a VIP, I get a hug, Anthony Kiedis. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I get to sit on his lap like he's Santa Claus. I thought it was kind of weird, but I accepted it anyways. <laughs> he's, he's like, like, what was that? Well, um, Hey, mommy, where's daddy? Daddy's home, girl. Go and see my life. <laughs> Just like that song. <laughs> come here. Come here, Don't again. Come sit here on my lap, and I'll tell you all about the story. I'm all good. I'm all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love it if the Red Hot Chili Peppers are like, you know, like some bands do that thing where like, okay, we're playing just like this album or something like that. If the Red Hot Chili Peppers just do the thing like, okay, we're going to do the 80s experience, which, you know, like 90, 98% of the fans would have no idea what the hell they're seeing if they went there. But like, I would love that if they just said, we're just going to play the first four albums. That's it. Like, it's going to be Freaky Styly, Mother's Milk, you know, Uplift Mofo Party Plan. <laughs> like, we're just going to go hard on old school funk rock. All these Zoomers who think old Chili Pepper is a stadium arcadium, just like look around like Funky Man in a little green suit. What the, what the fuck is that? Like, me, 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 me and my friends. Like, what? what? Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Like, I, I, I don't know my ears can't comprehend this what's going on you know like i remember when i when i saw them i mean it was still a good show but it was more of like they played good but it was more it was levi stadium and i fucking hate levi stadium and um we were like at the furthest 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 <laughs> bit like back you can get like it was like a wind tunnel we were in like let's just go down we went we went down to our level and just kind of we're at this balcony and the sh they did good i enjoyed the show but the thing is then like i, I complained about it ever like a few episodes like a year or two back however long it was there's just some dumbass there with no concert etiquette like you can sing along you could be into it but when you're doing that thing where you're just like <sighs> just like screaming at the top of your lungs and it's not just like you know like the part where he says where he screams give it away give it away it's like like wet sand like yeah he's singing wet sand he's like you know like what's that lyric like like it's a very soft song yeah. very soft melody and then like the hardest part is like you don't sink in the wet sand you know like he's like you don't sink in the wet sand. and then like you know and like there's a guitar solo going he's like let's go bro let's 
like i'm like ava just like put her hand on my shoulder like i I can feel you. We're going this way, you know. I'm not someone who starts fights, but I was like, I can because this guy was right in my ear. I'm just like, I just can't. Because you get that point, where you're just like pushed at the railing, you know. Oh God, you know, this guy reminds me. I don't think I told you any of these stories, but uh, um, maybe like a month ago or so, maybe we went and saw Y and T down at Santa Cruz at the Catalyst. And uh, Y&T is that band that mostly nobody ever knows about, but they've been around forever. But they're kind of like the best way to sort of say it. They're they're like that other Van Halen slash Sammy Hagar, slash maybe even kind of White Snake, you know, Later Days Deep Purple. Like, they're, they're in that kind of category, you know. They're, they're the band that, like, they started in the 70s, like in 74, because they were on their 50th anniversary tour when we went to go see them. And they sort of stuck hard to their guns. It's a it's a Northern California band. I think they're, they're straight out of, like, you know, Bay Area, Hayward, or something like that, you know. So we're at Santa Cruz, and they have, like, and I've heard this before because people have told me this throughout life. They're like, oh, man, you've never seen a Y&T concert? You've got to go see a Y&T concert. Y&T is amazing. And being in California, there's the fans there and so on. And that was like, even Buddy because Buddy loves Y&T. He's seen them like probably like a ridiculous amount of times. And um, so we're down there. And you can tell that like the, the Y&T audience, and we're up there in like the front because it was kind of used to get there. They're they're all they're they're like one generation. It's just like this hardcore generation of people. I would say about from the ages fifty five to sixty five, give or take. That made up <laughs> probably ninety five percent of it. Like it wasn't like a you know like you know a lot of countries you go oh there's a wide range here. No no no, that was like the that was the range. We we were pretty much the youngest people there. I don't think there was anybody else that was uh, even close to our age, if not younger. There, there might have been like one kid there, maybe you know what I mean somebody there, but that that was what it was. This sounds weird. That Y&T concert. Okay, so you picture a bunch of 55 to 65-year-olds. I'd never seen so much animosity at a concert. These people, like, I mean, they were nice to us, but, dude, they were they were territorial. It's like these ladies are like, we know Y&T since, you know, 75, so, wow, we, we deserve to be here, and so on like that. They started getting, the like, that kind of feeling. There was this part, speaking even going back to football, this is a... I, I, I could not tell you how this happened. There was this like hippie dude and like his wife standing in front of us and they seemed nice. At first it just seemed like, okay, cool. It seemed like they were like, Oh hey, how's it going? You know, you know, like, you know, we we like to come out to the Y and T and all blah 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 blah. You know, whatever. They they seemed nice enough. The wife kinda had that like um Fleetwood Mac look, uh um This is um, I forgot her name. Um, 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 um Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks kind of and so on like that. And then the other guys look kinda like kinda like an old hippie, but kinda like maybe he like kinda got a yuppie job is in the 80s or something like that so he, he went a little bit huey lewis maybe at some point but um well whatever at some point there was this dude that came in he was wearing a raiders hat and he didn't do anything he just walked in like you could at any concert you know you kind of shuffle your way through the crowd and he just stood there said nothing well dude this hippie guy was freaking out he's like dude get off me get off me don't touch me don't touch me. And then these other people are like yelling at him. You're like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, dude, it's a concert. And I, I hate to sort of say this. That hippie guy was bumping into me the first like three songs anyways. I didn't say anything because I don't think it's a concert. Of course, of course people are going to be bumping into you. And so on like this. And he's just freaking out. And then there's these ladies. And they're freaking out like, you got to get out of here. You don't belong here. And once again, this guy in the Raiders hat, I could not figure out. He did nothing. He he did he stood there. He he was causing no harm whatsoever. They were treating. This is the Raiders him, hat. 
It, maybe that's what it was. Go I, back to Vegas. Yeah, we were in Santa Cruz, so I'm not too sure what the like the how it works down there. But they were getting so intense on this dude, and it was just like, what the serious fuck is going on here? Like, and it was like three or four songs later. It's like they practically like just scared this guy out, and I was just like. I, I don't get it. Like, like, do they? Do you know each other? Like, what has this guy done? He he clearly has done nothing. You guys all look like the assholes, you know. And <laughs> I, sorry, there was a, there's a delay. I wasn't sure if you're back yet or not. <laughs> well, this is the thing. That wasn't the only incident. There was this other dude who kind of had this old mustache coming down with almost like the biker kind of look. And he was this old guy, and he was dancing and whatnot. And for some reason, the dancing was pissing everybody else off, you know, like, and stuff. I mean, he's hes not like he's hardcore dancing or something in there. He's just, you know, old man. Elbow swinging. Yeah, no, he's just, yeah, he's just, he's partying. He's having a good time, whatever. I mean, maybe if I was standing right, right next to him, whatever. You know, he, he's smoking something, God knows what. And, um... Once again, that hippie guy's just, just like, dude, dude, stop it, stop it, man, stop moving, don't touch me. And it's like, dude, if you don't want to be touched, get the fuck out of the front of the, you know, over here. I don't know what you're doing and stuff. And so that guy was dancing for about three or four more songs, and then he shuffled and he was standing next to me. And I was just like, oh, whatever, I don't care. All of a sudden, I look over at the hippie guy or the, the guy with the mustache that was like dancing, and he looks at me and he just starts tipping and he falls over. He goes straight backwards. <laughs> Like he was like the the youth will catch me. <laughs> yeah, well, he goes backwards, and then I, I was afraid. I just picked him up off the ground there. And I was like, "You okay?" Okay, he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm okay, man, I'm okay." And then I watched it again, and then he tipped over one more time, and then we like, okay, get these security guys. Like we got some guy, and the security guards started like, "Like, just get the fuck down here!" Like, there's this guy who keeps tipping over. Obviously, he can't <laughs> handle anything. Like, let's let's get him out of here. He's pissed off the other people. I'm just trying to watch a concert, and all I can think about is that there's all just this annoying daycare at- right now. What could yeah, the elderly help? It is, you know. And then and then at some point there is some really annoying. Forgot guy. his life alert necklace. Yeah, exactly. Oh. He keeps fucking falling over. Yeah, he, he just like physically just pure tipped. I'm like, oh god, I don't know what this guy's taking. I just I just don't want him to throw up. That's my that's like my first thing. Like if he falls over, whatever. Just let's get him out of here. I'm trying to enjoy the concert here, you know. And then uh, God, there were so many. I mean that that's just like a couple incidents. And then there were some annoying kind of like fucking like you know girls that thought they were hot shit, but now they're like it's the age where it's like ew, get out of here, you're gross. Like move along nobody cares don't dress like that like you know and they got their douchey boyfriend guys next to them it was just it's one of those concerts where was like god you know i like ynt but i don't think i'd ever want to come back it was like one of the worst shows i think ever shows ynt was amazing don't, don't get me wrong they played fantastic but the audience was like this is the worst audience i think i've ever seen and the fact is it's like they're almost too hardcore fans I don't have a story as interesting as that because you were in the shit. You, you were, you know, you you, you were in Charlie territory. You, 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 you came out, but like the reason I fucking hate Levi Stadium is just exiting Levi Stadium. It's hard if there's a big concert. It's hard to get anywhere. You know, you're yeah, just basically no. stuck there for like two hours. Um, the time I went to go see the Stones, my parents surprised me and and Ava with um with um some tickets and they weren't like they weren't like tickets that were crazy up close but they're kind of like middle range tickets and for stones those had to be expensive for middle range tickets you yeah. know we were still on a balcony but we were like close to, not a balcony but like it was it was well i guess you call it a balcony but i don't know what you call it every, every, everything's technically a balcony i guess it's yeah. on the ground floor yeah 
and the thing is, you know, it's 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 a Stones concert, so naturally, I mean, it, it was a pretty wide range of people, but there's a lot of people you could tell have been to the Stones a lot of times. You saw a couple of like, you know, really poshy kind of like baby boomers and like leather jackets just flipping through, not even paying attention. Like, dude, he's they're doing you got the silver they're doing they're doing like um they're, they're doing um um shine a light they're he he's singing you know they're, they're like they're, they're do like they're i was just like why the fuck aren't these people don't, don't they fucking care if i, I if I, I can only imagine how much these tickets fucking cost i'm, I'm really bringing breathing this shit in what the fuck's going on why, why the fuck do these people care whatever it is what it is okay maybe this is the fifth time they've seen them who knows anyway leaving levi's is always a pain in the ass and there's a little monorail that goes in and that monorail was crammed and i don't want to be because i know lately on the show i've been complaining about baby boomers <laughs> some of my favorite people are baby boomers but there's a certain type of baby boomer just like i'm not your fucking kid i'm not your fucking grandkid shut the fuck up you know mm-hmm. so for a while the monorail we were kind of letting it go and it kept on getting crammed no way in so eventually you're like we've already we've been waiting here 30 minutes it's going to be this regardless so we get in and there's some lady who's just like no 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 stop stop it's it, it's too crowded i'm like they've all been this he's like oh there's no room here guys come on and like no 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 no. we just had to push by this old lady hey you can't do that I'm like shut the fuck i gotta get back to my fucking hotel i'm not i'm not waiting here till one of the fucking morning me and my yeah. wife you know so get the fuck out of here you know like these fucking these people these people you know and then like it was surrounded by like all these old people whose legs hurt to stand and just like surrounded by just a bunch of groaning and moaning like there's literally this this fuck this old fuck who like i say old fuck but he's probably like somewhere in his 60s not really old old you know but he just leans against me like okay fine here's, here's a nice comfy place to sit and I'm literally like, can you not? And he's just like, I just need a man. He literally just knowingly, there's, there's like, oh, a youth. And just like, you know, and just like, and respect your elders, boy. A spry 32 year old, you know, just like, what the fuck? I just, I couldn't like, you know. And he just starts fucking fucking like, your, your chest too. He's like, oh, that's right. No, it was like back to back. It was like laying on me back to back, and it, it, I was trying to move. I literally, and then we're gonna lay back some... to back like it's Vietnam. We're trying to stay awake for Charlie coming. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep your eye at the ceiling. <laughs> They're in the vents, <laughs> you know. And then like at some point, like you know, we come to another stop, and there's like some old guy with like some wannabe Sam Elliott mustache, and like a younger guy kind of comes in. He says like, he says like, we're getting a little low on room in here. It's like, oh, don't worry, we'll try and we'll try and squeeze it we'll try and be out of the way as best we can and the guy, old guy says like chalk talk is cheap action is actually mean action means something you know i'm like what the f- who the fuck are you you know like talk is cheap action is whatever whatever that fucking speaks phrase louder is than words or something yeah like speaks that. yeah exactly just like i'm sorry who the fuck are you is this your fucking monorail what the fuck is this shit so just like it's something about like yeah like Entitled, like oh this is, the, this, this is the 800th time i've seen the stones you know i went to i went to high school with keith richards yeah yeah we knew jesus you know so it's like you know he, we had wood shop with him so it's like so it's like one of those things where it's just like holy fucking shit like maybe that'll be us one day maybe maybe <laughs> well, one the, day that, the goal is to not become the crusty old fuck i think that's that's yeah. like the main goal 
you know, well, this kind of reminds me, even it goes back to the Y&T thing. I remember Buddy told me that one time he was at one of those Y&T shows, and he got there early and was standing in the front, and some lady comes up and goes like, hey, can we stand there? And, it's like, and he's like, uh, no, I got here. He's like, well, we've been Y&T fans longer. It's like, well, then you should have been here early if you wanted to be here. Like, that's that's how it works. That's how general admission is. Y&T fans. I don't know why T fans could be so fucking I, I didn't either. Like, it's like, I, I know people have always talked highly about their, you know, shows. I think it's just because we're in the Northern California area, so it's it's a big deal. But, uh yeah, it's just like they're they're it's just territorial thing. I'm not saying there wasn't nice people there and so on, but there was just enough like assholes just to kind of make you feel like, dude, what the hell are wrong with you? And like, it almost felt like, have you never been to a concert before? Like you you all make it feel like this is the first experience you've ever had, and you're pissy because people are acting the way they do at a concert. What would happen if you went to like you know like a Slipknot concert? You people would fucking explode. <laughs> They you would know, not make it, it out. No, they, they they would not. They would not, not understand. Like when a mosh pit broke out or something. Like yeah, what the? I just don't, yeah, I just don't know what to say. And and this is where like the older I get, like for concerts, I'm almost at that point where I hate kind of standing. I, it's one of those ones like it's one of the, when you go. It's it, it it. I wouldn't bother me if I could just see just the band. I hate the opening the acts. It's not saying that there's not good opening acts, but it's just like all that means is that there's an extra four hours. I gotta just stand here and wait, you know. And granted, I found some great bands and opening acts that I would have never found otherwise. So I'm not totally putting that down. But sometimes there's something to be said. Be like, can I just have the band I want to see? Can I pay extra for that? <laughs> like, can I pay extra to have you guys stay home tonight? <laughs> there's sometimes a thing where there's the opening band that like. When it's like, say it's a, it's a big band, but it's not like Rolling Stone. Well, actually, no. When we went to go see um, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it was actually three big bands. So there's Thundercat or Thunder Laser, something like that. He's like some. He's like a, he's like a, he's a rapper or something. Mm-hmm. Rapper, rocker kind of thing. I don't know. The kids like him. Yeah. He was. He had a robot arm in the in the Boba Fett show. That's we like that's Thundercat. Like, oh, that's okay. that's that's him. Okay, whatever. You know, he was the opening, and they had Beck. Oh, that's and interesting. I really would have liked to sit there and watch Beck before the Chili Peppers, and I felt a little bags. I I thought you know Beck's pretty big. I thought he would be, but you know, the thing is, it's just like. I really want to get a t-shirt before we leave because you know it's like i usually i know it's expensive but i always like bam, it, like it's something kind of like it's it reminds you like here's when i was here it's kind of it's a take-home prize you know it was a long line so the whole time beck was playing i was um in line t-shirt but you could still hear him it wasn't like yeah. it's not like he's like doing like you know like shooting off fireworks or anything like that or has any like doing any of the crazy stuff that the chili peppers do with the screens behind them with californication or something you know yeah so um but yeah yeah um you said there's there there's, there's, no, there's another big band who's the other you said there's three that opened up oh those oh those were i mean those were the three it was the oh. thundercat back chili peppers oh okay yeah 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 you and then know, um yeah. It's just one of those ones. It's like I almost just like I like I like the idea of a concert just being like a movie length. You know what I mean? Like eh, it's like you know two hours, three hours max or something like that. You know, like don't need any of that extra stuff. It's that, and then it's just like anymore. It's like I do like having a seat because there's something to be said about like oh, I just want to sit here. Like you know what I mean? I don't... It was like in a sense one of our best concert experiences. I think was that time we saw Wednesday Thirteen at that bar. There's a couch. <laughs> there was a couch. We get there. It's like there's a couch here. We just sat there through all the opening acts. We're on a couch, and then the second that Wednesday Thirteen plays, we stand up and we're right there in the front dead center. It's just like eh, good enough. 
some people thought we were probably producers, just like young upstart producers. We were sitting there in the back on the couch. We each had our own couch too, because there's like there's there's like two smaller couches, so we're both just kind of like this. Well, and I I don't really remember anybody ever sitting with us on the couch. It felt like we commandeered that couch, and nobody came near us after that. <laughs> like oh oh, they must run this shit. Like yeah sure, if it gets us the couch, yeah sure, we run this shit. Yeah yeah okay cool. But it's like I just like having a seat because I just I don't know what it is it's just that straight standing. Straight standing for like six hours is just like, ugh. I think that's the part that's like, there's like a couple things that turn, uh, like, I love a concert, but it's the straight standing, it's having to wait for the fucking opening act, the setup, because for some reason in all of 78 years of whatever doing rock concerts, nobody's figured out how to make the setup fast. It always takes like 45 minutes, no matter what band it is. And the one of the biggest culprits to me, I'm like, get those fucking drum sets out of here. No, no more drum sets. You guys all play electric drum sets. None of this like taking fucking 28 minutes to get your drums ready because you got to have every bells and whistles. If anything, if you're going to have a drum set, have like the Stray Cat style where it's like three pieces. <laughs> I'm just thinking about when I did see the stuff. I'm thinking, you said that right, Charlie Watson. I'm just thinking like all the rest of the Stones look like guys, old dudes who are trying to look as young as possible, who all more likely have, are wearing wigs or have like a lot of like dye in their hair yeah. where like charlie watts came out may he rest in peace comes out like looking like he just got back from the gap and like from his like grandkids birthday just like oh, okay cool just sits down in his drum set like oh let's do this you know like he's like the he's like the only one like yeah it is what it is not a big deal i'm old i don't give a shit <laughs> yeah, Zach just comes out in like his sweatpants <laughs> he's one step away from that he wasn't dressed he didn't he didn't look he didn't look all bad but he, he didn't he wasn't dressed all sharp he wasn't coming out like in like a gucci in like a gucci like button up with the top three buttons down and like a leather trench coat and then like when he when he did i like sympathy for the devil he runs back and comes out with some elaborate top hat you know or whatever so he's like just slide this easy boy up to the drum set <laughs> here pull the tv around i want to i want to watch the game while i play too. i want to watch i want to watch the telly i want to watch a little bit of footy <laughs> <laughs> one of those ones but um yeah i don't know i feel like it's that that thing though it's like it, it's it's that weird thing it's like it's, it's like concerts are great but sometimes there's that thing where the, there's always just those extra little things that are just they're a bit nitpicky that but they bother me just just enough you know or yeah. just just some certain assholes and so on like that's that's where you get like where you see where like i get why those people like once they get to a certain point when they have enough money they're like just give me the skybox i don't wanna, i don't want to see anybody else <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know it's not the closest seat. I, I don't care. That's that's not the important part. <laughs> it really depends on the show, but yeah, I get what you mean. There are those ones where I don't mind like sitting. If there could be a way just to like be in the like be right up close, but then still be able to sit, have people dancing around you, but still be kind of like not blocking your view. Like I can do this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that'd be perfect. You know, if, if I could just place a couch like right at the front of the stage, <laughs> I could kick my feet up on the the railing. <laughs> Three armed guards, three armed guards with like you know electric batons to keep them back away from me. Yeah, I, I want to be able to watch a concert like I'm a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> do you got one of those like you know dictator? Oh, awesome! Or beret? I'll do the beret. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll look like Che. I'll, I'll sit here like that and just throw me the sash. Me. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> but that that would be uh, that would be my. That'd be the best way. I remember, like, Buddy was, he, he went down this list. He was looking up. He's like, he found this list of how much it costs to buy a band. You know, so we're buy, to buy a band. <laughs> but, like, to pretty much, you know, to buy a band for, like, a show, like, like what their fees are and so on. And he's all like, dude, he's like, he was looking through. He's like, okay, you know, 
Judas Priest is like a million dollars or something like ridiculous. Or, you know, like blah, 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 blah. He's like, you got these like, dude, LA guns is only $10,000. I'm like, shit, for $10,000, you could just get a handful of friends together to split this and then just have it like in your <laughs> like, backyard. Like, yeah, like a birthday party to have LA. I'm like, I would pay for that. I just like the idea that LA Guns shows up and there's like 20 people standing there and they're like, yeah, yeah this, this is it. <laughs> we, we paid the $10,000. Now you play. <laughs> I'm just imagining just the whole thing of like someone like I bought the band, I bought them and just the idea of like, you know, so someone say just to go back so when someone buys like Rage Against the Machine, they're like, okay, okay, cool. Um, Tom, here's your room. Zach, here's your room. Um, Timmy, Brad, you guys are yeah. sharing a room, but it's bunk beds, you know, so, like, so that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like this, this is the accommodations that we've got for you yeah welcome to your new home i bought your band <laughs> <laughs> and yeah now you guys will live in the barn and play concerts for me every night <laughs> i want to hear uh, at least a couple times a week you guys aren't slaves i know i own you but you're not slaves <laughs> um I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan i am very much raging against the machine too but i you know i I paid a lot of money, so I, I kind of want to get my money's worth. You, you know what I mean? So, And uh, here, you guys got to put these collars on. Now, this is only <laughs> just if you try to escape. <laughs> it comes to Tom, like, maybe not you, Tom. We'll, 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 it's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> you, 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 can put it, you can put it around like a belt. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want you guys escaping. That's all it is. I know it seems weird, but I just, I've set up an electric fence so that if, you, if someone tries to run... It won't blow up if that's what you're thinking. It's just not going to, it's going to electrocute you like, you know, a dog collar times 10. I'm just, and uh, yeah. also, I, I know you guys haven't worked on a new album, but uh, since you're here, that's what you, I want you to do. I want you guys to make up, become boys again, and write me a new Rage Against the Machine album. That actually, that sounds like a good concept for like a, um, like maybe it seems like that's already happened. Like a band gets back together that they ate, but like some like crazy asshole like fan. They're like they're they're hired by like some rich prick to like come do a show, and they're doing the show. Like, all right, all right, fuck you, fuck you. Okay, yeah, we need the money, and then it's like you guys put put a song together, and it just comes kind of like a horror movie to some extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're kind of stuck well, like, there. They, they can't escape whatsoever. They're they're trapped here. It's literally like misery, but instead of a band being stuck. I like, like the guy's really into him and so on like that, and he treats him well. But then he does weird shit like putting the collars on him and so on like that, so that they can't can't escape. Well, it just builds up, and just like for a while, they were like, like you know, I can pay you guys this much more if you guys do this. Like you know, it just keeps commissioning. I'm like, uh, this guy's weirding me out a little bit, but you know. And then like, there's obviously the, his favorite members or something like that, or he's asking like, he's he's really tight with like the bass player or something like that, like a weird member. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> He thinks the lead singer is like over, like over, oh, like he thinks the lead singer is the main problem of the band or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just get in there and start working on those lyrics. Oh, they'll come to you. Oh, they will. Inspiration is all around you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I think that'd be kind of cool. You know? Oh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I, I like that. Oh, I just. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you man. boys haven't had an album since 1992, but uh, we're gonna get you back in there, and it's a. Uh, gonna work out <laughs> how do you guys look at the world look at the state the world's in how do you not have more material by this point come on 
<laughs> but yeah, but um, oh yeah, concerts. You know, as fun as they are, it's just yeah. They've also they've just gotten to that point where they're just, the, I think the pricing is like what what gets me so many times. Is there's so many bands I want to go see, and then I look, I'm like, I'm not paying two hundred dollars to see that band. And then, you know, two hundred dollars times two tickets times driving down there times eating. You're like, oh Jesus. Hotel, depending where it's at. Yeah, and, you know, next thing you know, you're almost at like a thousand bucks, and it's not like. And once again, it's not like you're seeing like a Rolling Stones like band. You're seeing kind of like I hate to say it, like a C run band, like a band that's good. You still really like it, but you know, like, you're like, well, okay. But I don't know. Yeah. I still, I still like concerts, but like there is just that weird thing there. But um, but yeah, well, that's probably a good place to wrap it all up with with our uh, miscellaneous Wachowski scripts that led us down the, a nice fun path of casual stories and uh, back in time ideas and. Fantastic Four. Yeah, Fantastic Four and uh, different games. Sports that we never talk about. (laughs) Sports that we never talk about. Concerts. But but yeah, you know, it's an interesting path, and uh, that's always kind of fun. But uh, beyond all that fun stuff, go to oldmanorange.com, more podcasts, comic books, old animations, fun stuff like that. Till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks.